Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 187 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. What's happening, partner? Recording a little early this week because I'm off to Lab Day East, so uh, looking forward to that. I know you are, and I hope you have a really good meeting. We were just talking to somebody on the podcast today that's going to be there, too, so it sounds like it'll be a blast. And of course, the Whitmix Digital Forum is this weekend. It's also sold out. Wow. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to getting out of town and going and checking it out and doing the podcast. Are you going to be working and doing the podcast or just the podcast? I'll be doing both, but probably more podcasting than working. I haven't told Preet that. (laughs) Fantastic. Looking forward to it. We need to get some content. Yeah. So I'll see you on uh, Thursday, I think. Yeah. So if you haven't registered... You are too late. I was just going to say, if you haven't registered, you're not going. Yeah. (laughs) You'll just have to wait until Barb and I uh, record all those great people that will be there and listen to all the fun we had while you are full of regret that you didn't sign up earlier. I can't wait, to be honest with you. So looking forward to it. Do I sound enthusiastic? You know that if you sound enthusiastic, you will be enthusiastic. I am enthusiastic. Is that how it works? I don't know. (laughs) Sounded all right, though. Absolutely. So what do we have going on this week? So, Barb, it's actually a conversation that you missed out on. Mm -hmm. And it's really too bad that you did because it was a great conversation with, honestly, I think some legends in our industry. So this week we have a special treat. When you think of big and influential dentists in the industry, who comes to mind? Me personally? Yeah. Yeah, I st- Dr. Gordon Christensen, of course. Of course he comes to mind. Everybody thinks of Dr. Christensen. I've never met the guy. I've never seen him speak, but I know about him. So for years, he's been the go-to for all things clinical dentistry and also publishes a popular newsletter called Clinician's Report. But we didn't want to talk to him. We wanted the better story. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we wanted to talk to the family that's been his in-office laboratory technicians for years. John Archibald started working with Dr. Christensen over 45 years ago and has been the magic behind the scenes of it all. Seeing an opportunity to help the lab industry, John started the country's only full-time apprenticeship school, bringing on his son, Jed Archibald. Together, they continue to teach learn, and develop new products and techniques that so many labs use today. Jed continues the legacy by bringing their skills and knowledge into a new new dirty, a new (laughs) digital workflow. So join us as we chat with John and Jed Archibald. Grow3x is a dental supply service and marketing company. It was founded by Norbert Ulmer, and their goal is to help dental labs, especially small labs, to lower their costs for supplies, to provide business opportunities, and help them generate growth. They really want to help labs as they know how difficult it can be competing with larger lab groups. One of the things that they have going on right now is their upcoming Grow3x Gem Talks. It's on November 5th in Charlotte, North Carolina. What is a Grow3x Gem Talks? Well, it's an all-day marketing symposium in a TED Talk style, featuring some 10-plus lab speakers as they share their most relevant and practical marketing techniques. We will hear from 
Sasha. <laughs> we will hear from Sasha from Harvest Dental, Ann Kelser from AMK Dental Lab, Frankie Acosta from AA Dental Design, and Ricky Braswell from Beyond Coaching and former co-executive director of the NADL. A few past podcast guests are on that list. All of them will talk about real marketing as it is done in their own labs and businesses every day. Register now at Grow3x.com to take advantage of their early bird special of only $95. And if you enter the discount BFTB for Voices from the Bench, you'll receive an extra 10% discount just because you listen to this podcast. We can't wait to see you at Grow3x Gem Talks in Charlotte on November 5th. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We'd like to welcome to the podcast today a name that is very familiar in our industry. And I think I'm saying this right. The lab behind Gordon Christensen. Am I even announcing that correctly? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's amazing. A lot of people mentioned Gordon Christensen as a leader in our industry, but Let's be honest, the true leader behind it is the lab. I'd like to welcome John and Jed Archibald to the podcast. How are you, gentlemen? Really good this morning. Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing great. Nice. John, you're the dad. You started all this. You started this crazy, crazy adventure for the family. Talk about it. How did you end up being the dental technician to Gordon Christensen? Yeah, that was a great moment in time, Elvis. (laughs) I got into this just because I, like most people, I had a little artistic and a little mechanical ability and good hand dexterity. My father-in-law was a dentist, so he steered me into this. And we just luckily caught Gordon Christensen at a time where he had moved to Utah and we were in Reno at the time, but but he needed an in-house lab and the stars just aligned and You know, we spared him the big talk, told him, just send a case and we'll let the case do the talking. And and it went from there. He liked it. So we have been in-house with Gordon for 45 years now. Holy schmoly. So what year did you connect with him? What year are we talking? 1978. Uh, is when we hooked up. Oh, wow. And so it's it's been wonderful. You know, in-house, it's a difficult opportunity. You know, you have to babysit a doctor. You're his basic slave. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that can go good or bad. You can be abused or it can be a really nice thing. And we've had a lot of wonderful opportunities come our way because of that. Exposure to every company in the world. We run the big research situation so we have access to all of the companies all of the products and working with gordon a high level prosthodontist we realized wasn't long before we realized this is an opportunity for a training center i had done a lot of training in europe with some very very special people and we saw the opportunity to give students an apprenticeship type training Mm. and so we started our in-house school and so yeah for 30 years we had a full load of students in here i finally wore out i'm I'm getting kind of old elvis i had to quit at some time (laughs) you've only been doing it for a few years what are you talking about (laughs) yeah we have several hundred students throughout the world who have been trained like in a european 
apprenticeship programs. It's been just a whole multitude of opportunities. And Jed grew up in the lab with me, helping just like the students. He would learn on the bench and just brick upon brick, learning how to to do every operation in the lab. And and he's become a rare individual because he has computer skills along with actual real laboratory skills. That's that's a hard bird to find nowadays. So he's opened up a whole new vista to us here yeah, in, in the computer age. So. Well, luckily to go through that classical side of training, now we call it classical training. Yeah, analog. To have that, but also kind of be part of the Nintendo generation to be able to segue into computers somewhat. I mean, it hasn't been easy, but, you know, it's uh, it's definitely been a, an interesting opportunity and it's opened up a lot of doors and we've done just constant back and forth where so much of everything that we test and try new, we're trying to compare it to the old ways, right? We're trying to say, well, yeah. is this as good or efficient or as fast as someone who is really skilled and trained with their hands. You know, when someone first starts off doing anything with their hands, they're really slow, regardless of how good they are. Oh, sure. Yeah. But as you get better and better at it, you also get faster and faster. So, you know, it's been really interesting finding that line and also seeing technology evolve and grow and get better to where that line is constantly being reevaluated. Where do you bring in the hands and where do you let computers help you? So it's just a constant evolving science, you know, it's, it's been really interesting, really fun. It's definitely a a very blurry line between the two these days, between hands-on analog and digital, because a lot of it goes hand in hand. Yeah. So when you first started, obviously you didn't start right out of the gate and work with Gordon Christensen, John. Did you have your own lab before? I had worked with another specialist in Reno, and I had worked there in-house. My whole career has been in-house. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I had only worked five years in-house when this Gordon opportunity came along. So I was, frankly, Elvis, I was jumping in a little over my head when we first started out. Five years experience. No one is very good at the five-year mark. <laughs> Did you have any professional teaching, training? Did you go to a school? Yes, I went or? to a school in Southern California, Dental Technology Institute. Hmm. And it was a good school. Good okay, college yeah. basics. I had, at the time I was there, we had a porcelain instructor who came in who and a famous old timer Bo Braze and and he had been involved with many companies and was a really excellent ceramist so I got to see what good ceramics should look like and then it, it took me a long time of trying to figure out how to do what I had seen but at least I had sure. seen it. So I had really some good breaks coming up in the business. And, you know, if you just work day and night your whole life, <laughs> eventually, you know, eventually you can start making some of this work. But with Gordon, You're bound to get good. It was horrifying because instantly I'm making crowns that are blown up. 200 times on a screen in front of an audience. And boy, if you think your work looks bad on the bench, you ought to blown <laughs> up 200 times. And that's a horrible learning experience, but you do learn fast. Uh, one of my best friends in Europe, Willie Geller, he said, Oh, yeah. That has been his greatest 
learning experience is seeing his own work when he gives a presentation. And that takes, you know, someone without an ugly ego to be able to see your flaws and not just sit there and pat yourself on the back and uh, <laughs> decide how wonderful you are. Yeah, yeah. But in 1978, couldn't you just Photoshop it a little bit? Yeah, you know, no, I make it look pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> smart enough. Well, yeah, 70. I mean, <laughs> yeah. When did we start getting rid of the carousel? Oh the my slide gosh, carousels. Really? Oh, I mean, how many people would freak out if you showed them one of those? You know, Willie to this day, Willie still uses slides. He is so disgusted with the photoshopping industry and everyone pretending to be something that they're not that he still gives presentations with slides, which can't be photoshopped. Yeah. He's been an amazing influence in my life. Just a fabulous artist. So when did you meet him? Um, in California? Well, I met him. Yes, I met him just before I came here to Utah to be with Gordon. So. I met him early in my career, and we hit it off really well. And so I've studied with him my entire career. We go to Europe, luckily, with everything we have afforded through the research center, and we get to go to Europe almost every year. And so we've spent time with him and several other really great technicians in Europe. There are so many good ones in Europe because of their apprenticeship program there yeah they've got a lot of great technicians in europe i have a lot of respect for them yeah his name comes up on this podcast quite a bit yeah a lot of people <laughs> mention him as an influence oh there's none like him i mean no I, one like him no one no like one him. like him there's a lot of great artists out there but he's not just a great artist he's a great pioneer yeah of just about everything that we like and love today and you know, so many people have got their springboard ideas and springboard products kind of from some of his original Genesis type yep. ideas. And yep. so, you know, he's really a neat guy, but he is really cool. If you do get to meet him, he's just very casual, yep. very super humble, humble. That's just that's a nice quality in our business. That's a rare quality. Yeah. yeah. Especially someone that's up on stage. <laughs> yeah. In a business that is generally filled with introverts, we tend to get a few people who aren't very humble either at that time. So we're. Yeah. So true. We're a neat mix. So you're working with Gordon, and then you mentioned that you started a school. Yeah. What's, what's the story behind that? How did this come about? At the same time that we started with Gordon is when I became involved. I'm kind of the original senior member of the research center here. So he runs a big clinical research facility, worldwide facility. They publish a newsletter that goes out. Now it goes out to close to a half a million subscribers around the world. Holy schmoly. And so wow. every company in the world wants their products mentioned in the newsletter. So that became a very interesting thing for us. We would get every lab product that came through the research center. We would be in charge of evaluating that, trying to do justice to the product, and then... Like before it hit market? Yes. Oh, wow. And then evaluate it compared to everything else. So, boy, that's uh, that's opened our eyes to, you know, thinking out of the box. And Jed and I both develop new products just as a result of being exposed to so many products. I bet you you can name a bunch of stinkers that 
didn't really hit the market. Huh? Yes. Oh, oh no, we've worked with a bunch of dogs, but but we realized this this is the perfect situation for a school. Yeah, to expose people to everything. Not just the one product that we can afford to buy, but every product basically that there is, we it's enough to drive you crazy trying to do justice to that many products. And Gordon, for example, he starts at six o'clock every morning and he has a lineup of people from companies and they are allotted a 10 minute slot starting at 6 a.m. in the morning. And he's packed, packed with companies all morning until he starts work at eight or nine o'clock. That's how many people. That's today. That's that's today. That's not back then. That's, yeah. that's still today. Still going on. So he gives companies 10 minutes to kind of sell the product. Ten minutes. Yeah. The head president and whatever staff they want to bring, you know, the biggest guns they got, they get in there and they have, you know, he has a little secretary and she'll crack the whip. She's like, okay, <laughs> 10 minutes. And, and as they get to about, what is it, the two-minute mark? Yeah. And she comes in and she starts giving them the wrap it up, guys. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> and wow. it's, no, you know, it's notorious. I mean, it's very strict. So once they hit 10 minutes, she'll actually start unplugging their computers and packing them up. Yep. But they're <laughs> giving their elevator speech out the door. Yep. And, you know, he's like, okay, you know. And so some of them are there to get their products in the newsletter. Some people go there. They may have a new product, a patent. You know, some private people will go to them just for maybe a little insight. Like, hey, you know, what can I do to make this better? Or is there someone that you think I ought to specifically show this to or talk to? And he actually is very generous at helping people out. You know, it's, it's not just all about the newsletter. I have seen him actually help quite a few people out that way. You never, and you almost never hear these products, you know, maybe 5% of what he sees will actually hit the market, but it's very interesting to watch that process and see that side of the industry. That's super interesting. I had no idea that something like that happened. He's been quite an education just to be around him. Just the environment. Is an amazing, amazing education. Yeah. We're really lucky. Yeah. But he must see things that aren't just laboratory products. He must be seeing anything that enters the dental industry, right? Yes. I mean, from scalers to chairs to oh yes everything oh yes yep that's insane yep well especially with the digital age you have people from silicon valley who invent trying to say something without saying too much but they'll invent appliances right and they've never been in the dental industry before but they yeah hear about gordon and hear what he does and stuff and so they'll schedule a meeting you know, and eight months later, they get in front of them and they're like, uh, you know, do we have something here? So you just see just such a wide, random array of stuff. It's really is a good, broad overview type education and perspective on things. That's cool. So when you started this school, Jed, how old were you at this point? Were you old enough to be in this school? Right. <laughs> Legally, no. no. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. No. Yeah, but just a dumb teenager with a lot of artistic ability. Yeah, literally. I mean, if my perspective on school and, and my career path is nothing but just roses and aces all the way but i'm sure 
I'm sure my dad's perspective of that through the teenage years is probably a little less, a little rocky. But yeah, no, I mean, I I think I kind of started a little more seriously when I was about 15. Did you want to do anything else in your life or was it always, this is what I was going to do? No, absolutely. Yeah, no, I had lots of life plans. And then uh, life comes up and (laughs) kicks you in the balls from behind, you know? Didn't you know that, (laughs) Elliot? Um, no, I had lost the... Might have to edit him a little, Elvis, as we go. No, that's, no, I'm not. That's awesome. Sensitive ears out there, but <laughs> no. So growing up, I mean, I wanted to, uh, I had thoughts of being an architect at one point, and I still kind of do that on the side, and it's kind of a fun hobby. And, you know, I wanted to be a, a pro golfer at another point, and a couple back surgeries kind of took care of that path. Hmm. But you know, end of the day, I really enjoyed kind of the constant problem solving that goes along with our industry Yeah, and being a dental technician, right? Yeah, absolutely. I kind of need problems to solve. You know, I like that. I like tweaking things and I like messing with things. And so, you know, having a case that comes in and every case is different from the other, I realized that that scratched an itch that uh, I really needed. And, you know, I was smart enough to realize that, wow, you know, you're, what, 18, 19 at this point, and you have such a great foundation in education that most people would dream of. You know, let's not throw this away and go be uh, an actor. Let's, uh, Let's go ahead and run with this and see what happens. So life kind of steered me this way and I was smart enough to realize let's give it a go. Did you go through the program or were you just there all the time? He was there <laughs> all the time. Yeah. It was just kind of a matter of it being absorbed. So he would learn. And then as soon as he had a process down, I would let him help teach others. So oh, teaching is the greatest form of learning. So, you know, as soon as you Very try, well to, put. Yeah. try to teach someone something, you realize whether you really have it or not. And so just that brick upon brick policy, he eventually, you know, worked his way all the way through the system. Of course, start with the basics of waxing and crown and bridge and uh, tooth anatomy, all the way up to where they can build a full mouth reconstruction. That's a lot to learn. They do all Mm -hmm. of that before they would ever even start into porcelain work. And, you know, Jed just worked his way through the entire program to where eventually he was teaching all of it. I could hand things off to him at, at any stage. That's really nice. It was probably more similar to the European apprentice timetable of about five years, really, yeah. yeah. where we were able to, you know, there wasn't a big economic thing where, you know, I had a family, I had to get back to, and I started needing to start making money. You know, it was a whole, I was there, I had the time and, you know, I was able to just kind of absorb it as, as fast as it would go. In. And it really did seem to follow about that five-year timetable of just learning something, working on it, teaching it, at the same time helping with casework. There wasn't different departments or sections of the lab. It was all together, right? Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a constant little revolving door and it just takes time. Jed's a rare bird uh, in the industry, and, you know, there are several people around the world who are in his same boat who have grown up with a father working with their father, and those make for great technicians. Oh, absolutely. Keeping it in the family. Yeah, yeah. real understanding. 
we've been really lucky, Elvis. A lot of lot of good opportunities yeah. and, and high level work. Nothing monotonous here. Everything's pretty intense and high level. So we're very fortunate for that. So the apprenticeship, if someone signed up for it, it wasn't just like a weekend course that you oh, that no. we see very often. No. It was eight months long. And it was so people actually moved yes, to Utah. Yeah, yes. they'd moved to Utah because it was eight months wow. long, Monday to Friday, eight a.m. to six p.m. We said five, but people would sometimes stay till six. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, so I mean, it was mainly the big guy here doing the workload, while either me, my brother, and maybe one other graduated student would also help a little bit with caseload, but mainly. You had that school going on along with doing up to 140, 150 PFMs a month. Random Gordon-type PFMs, you know, just <laughs> in-house. In-house, while you're seeing patients taking shades. It's So it was a full schedule for not just the students, but more importantly, the big guy, you know, because a lot of his work had to get done once the students left. Yeah, so this is all happening while... Of functioning yeah, labs yeah, going on. Yeah. That's it's nuts. It's taking on a little too much, Elvis, but... Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> a lot of our patients are dentists. You know, a lot of dentists come to Gordon to get their own work done. And, of course, they would walk through the door and they would want one of everything in their mouth. I'd like one veneer, one PFM, <laughs> one full porcelain jacket, one gold crown, you know... Boy, this is not a production laboratory at all. It's just been craziness. But, I mean, it was by far the best benefit for patients and the best benefit for the students. They won out of that type of environment the most. Just because, you, I mean, as an educator, if you're not working and doing constant real work and real practice, you know, our economy, the unique economy that is America, it's a constant evaluator and a constant calibration tool. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so easy as an educator, if you just focus on education and not doing real work or having to be part of a practice or having to be part of a real lab, it's very easy to just get caught up in theoreticals and not what is practical and what is, you know, what, what actually is going to work for the people you're teaching. You know, sometimes that's nice to look at that theoretical world, but uh, end of the day, the people you're trying to teach, they do have to go home and they have to provide and make a living. And that's usually the best way you can help them is to show them a couple things, but also, you know, don't steer them wrong. I think so many people have that story where they've gone to a Willie Geller course and, you know, they've come home, they've raised their prices. <laughs> And, you know, they've raised their prices. They've announced to the rest of the team, we're going to do things differently. And, you know, six months later, they're broke and they're having to go back to square one. Right. They're like, well, that didn't really work for us here. And uh, yeah, what up? It worked for Geller. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why does that work? So being able to work on real cases in a real world environment that constantly calibrates your education and what you actually teach people, just so you don't get too far lost. I think a lot of educators out there, and you know, I'm not going to point anyone out, but a lot of educators out there, they're teaching these big courses, you know, full mouth rehab, all on fours, mm -hmm. and they get dentists and everyone excited about it. Yes, we're going to do 10 to 15 of these a week. This will be so easy. They said it's easy. You know, you only need one person, one computer. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. 
I paid the money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and little do they know that that educator, you know, they're making most of their money educating and not actually doing the work. So yeah, there's a quite a few dots left unconnected, right? Well, you had eight months to connect those dots. Eight months. Yeah. Well, I mean, in in Europe, you have five years. It's a mandatory five years. Is it really? Wow. But, you know, we have to make that work in a U.S. economy. So it was very much a condensed program. So the first three months, you know, because if you train someone for five years in the U.S., not only do they have an education that one, they can't afford, but they're almost overeducated when they go out and hit the field. Oh, yeah. No doctor can afford them at that point, right? Yeah. You, you had to try to find that right balance. And so that's where the eight months came in. So three months of that was focused just on morphology, function, and waxing, all through waxing, just kind of the fundamentals and basics. And then you move them in slowly to, you know, you're doing a little gold work with that. We ask for them to get help from real dentists and they'll actually do real cases one by one. And we kind of would help navigate that for them and the dentist that they would work with. Be like, hey, they were ready for this type of case. We're ready for that type of case. Oh, so you did it on like actual patient impressions rather than your perfect margin models that you always see in school? Yeah, no. Well, we would keep all impressions and they would get recycled through the school for students to use as test cases. But as students kind of got to those benchmarks, then we would always we would always move them into real cases. That's awesome. Because that provides a different level of stress and importance and it's it you know kind of makes things real for them Mm -hmm, absolutely and help prepare them for when they actually leave the lab you know a lot of times that first case they just completely and we forget what it was like to do our first case but your first case you completely lose your mind just meltdown (laughs) you know you've done that you know you're just doing a number 31 all you have to do is wax it up and cast it and you just do everything wrong it takes you an extra three days. You know, you get diarrhea, you need some Pepto. <laughs> get kicked in the balls from behind. From behind. <laughs> I know. See? <laughs> so, you know, so we at those benchmarks, we would help orchestrate that with their dentist they're working with. That was one of the prerequisites we would ask of all students coming in is that they actually had a home to go to before they came, that they had a dentist who was going to be willing to work with them. So most of the people that joined the program already had some sort of background in lab, probably worked in a lab a little bit, had a relationship with a doctor. They had the relationship was the most important thing. They had the relationship. Uh, They didn't have to have any experience, but that relationship was so key just because, you know, when they leave school, we're giving them a foundation and a really good base to start their career from, right? But we would let all of the doctors they work for know, like, look, these guys can be your John Archibald, but because they're only eight months into it, you know, they're going to be slow. They're going to be good, and they're going to be reliable. They know what to do, and they know how to do it right, but they're going to be slow. They just need maybe one or two years to develop that speed and efficiency of a more seasoned technician, right? Absolutely. We had that understanding kind of established before they even came. That way they didn't go out there and they just weren't thrown to the wolves. Sure. So we were training them for a very, very specific task and environment. And I think that's what made it successful though, is they had a relationship. Yeah. 
they all had a relationship. Well, I imagine also a lot of students came because the dentist that they already worked with was a fan of Gordon Christensen and knew the level exactly. of education you provide. Yeah, they want that level. The dentists would send these people. You know, they, every dentist has a son or a daughter who is a lousy student in college and they don't know what the <laughs> heck to do with them. So the light bulb would go on. Holy cow, let's send them out to John. Uh, <laughs> So we got a lot, problem. a lot of those dentists, sons or daughters, and, uh, you know, they just didn't fit into the college curriculum. Yeah. And if they had the right kind of skills, this was a wonderful business for them. So. Oh, yeah. We hear from a lot of people on this podcast. Yep. You know, how did you get into the industry? Well, I wanted to be a dentist, but. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a good system. And we have a lot of good people out there. People we're really proud of. and. A lot of people working in high positions in big labs even. And you know what? It, it worked out really well. Yeah, some, quite a few are still out there privately doing their thing, just plugging along, you know. they Yeah. Most are humble and fly under the radar, but, you know, they have the ability to either run a lab or manage a large lab or manage a clinic, you know, or work, you know, at a pretty substantial position in a company. And, um uh, but yeah, most have had a very high success rate and have done very well. How many of them asked to work with you when they graduated? <laughs> None. A lot of them? <laughs> or were they so happy to leave? <laughs> hey, well, they probably, I don't know if any asked. I think they were happy to accept, but I don't think any of them asked just because they saw the hours and the commitment to <laughs> Most of them, Elvis, they were pre-committed to go back to their setup with their sponsor doctor. Yeah. So once in a while, we would take someone on who didn't have a place to go. But, uh, you know, the last thing we wanted to do was flood the industry, you know, and, and teach people when we didn't have a great opportunity waiting for them. So mm -hmm. we kept that to a limit. You know, you don't want to do that to people. And, and especially nowadays where so many... Lab owners, you know, have shut down their own labs. They go work for a larger lab. So, yeah. you know, they've taken up the jobs of where a new student would possibly get a job. So, you know, the industry has changed so much that our focus now has just turned more to continuing education. And Jed gives a lot of weak courses, one-week courses, weekend courses. Yeah. What do you have this coming week, Jed? A three-day course? Yeah, we got a, a master's course. Yeah, a little shameful plug for Ivaclar. We got an Ivaclar yeah. master's course doing that out at Nelson Rigo's place in LA. So oh, yeah. Just next week. So that's going to be really fun. And, you know, I think it's exciting to get to do some of these in person type events. We've tried to see how far we can go and how much we can do virtually and online. Sure. You know, there's a lot of items and techniques and things that we've had to just kind of keep on the back burner because some of them can only be learned just in person, you know, working with your hands and seeing someone yep. else use their hands and and just those little tweaks. So these master classes are great and exciting opportunity to be able to show off and, and do those techniques and just kind of knock some of those out. So that's that's kind of what I I do a lot of, or I get requests for people to come, maybe just, you know, when they have time, one or two people come and just kind of hang out and they have an idea of what they want to learn. 
and I set aside time for them. So it's a lot more open and organic type learning situation these days. So it's not more of a structured class time no. and all that. It's more of a, you open up the lab just for people to yeah. observe and, and learn. That's cool. Yeah. People inquire, be like, Hey, you know, do you think we can do a, a little education thing on this? I have one or two days I could come, you know, and I usually tell people because we're a lab, you know, depending on how many days they can afford to be here kind of affects the price I charge them. So if they can spend more time with me, I don't have to completely shut down the lab, create all these PowerPoints and get coffee for everyone mm -hmm. and and it <laughs> all into 24 hours, right? Yeah. So if I have to do that, then I also have to compensate the money that we lose for shutting down the lab. So if they can come for longer periods of time, then it's just kind of, you know, I, I charge them very little because they're they're already spending enough. And then I can do some of my work alongside with them. And it's just a lot less stressful. So it, it really just kind of depends on what works for them. That doesn't work for everyone. Some people need the one sure. or two day knock it out and go back. So yeah, we just kind of, as people inquire, we just kind of look at the calendar and plan something out and go. Yeah, not a lot of people can give up on life for a few months to go hang out at the Archibalds and right. learn everything that we right. can. I mean, it'd be nice. <laughs> it'd be nice. It'd be <laughs> nice. But yeah. So, I mean, if they can spend at least, you know, three, four days, that really eases up the load, you know? Yeah. What are these master classes? Are, are these like a continuing series or? Yes. So on my website, if people want to go to my website, which is horrendously out of date, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> how often do we get around to updating websites, right? But if you go to... Come on, you're you're one of the leaders of digital dentistry. Uh, you gotta, I know. You gotta work on well, this. I don't... Your email is not AOL, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not a leader in admin hiring. So, <laughs> so if you go, yeah, if, if you go to Archibald Digital and look on Continue Education, you'll see some videos there where mm -hmm. I actually have two two-hour uh, webinars on Prime Zercad Prime because it is yeah. a new complex material. There are not only complex pitfalls, but complex opportunities with these newer materials that come out. And there's a lot of people who either love Prime or they absolutely hate it. And it usually is because there's just a lot of things that we need to learn about Zirconia still. So Ivaclar was really nice and we did these webinars and I share those for free because I feel like these two webinars really are just kind of the basic foundation just to kind of help people get by. And then from there, from that foundation, then you can go into advanced stuff. You know, too often uh, so many people want to go out and do a non-prep veneer course, but yet they don't even know how to change programs on their porcelain oven, right? Yeah, sure. Right, uh -huh. they're, they're jumping too yeah. far ahead. So they love to do that, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we love to do that, right? We love to think that, yes, I'm going to be a fighter pilot right away. You know, I'm, I'm top gun material. Yeah. So if people go to there, that gives them an idea. If they look at those and be like, okay, if this is the foundation, then from here we can go on to a master's class. And because of my background, teaching different students and learning different techniques, you know, I feel like I understand different techniques and the way different technicians, you know, do cosmetic cases. And I don't really feel like I have like my way, 
my own way. It's just kind of like, yeah, that's a great way to do it. That's a fun way to do it. That's a different way. So I show people what is the most predictable, reliable, teachable ways to actually do aesthetic cases with prime. And so, for instance, you know, my buddy and everyone's buddy, if they know him, Yuki, uh, Yuki out there doing his courses, he's extremely advanced ceramics and very intense ceramics. And he requires people who have a really good foundation and have good experience. And then also they need to have a doctor who knows what to give them, right? <laughs> it always helps. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what I teach people is probably everything they need to know before they go to one of his courses, right? Ah, the how basics. To, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. How to produce essentially a thousand dollar looking crown with $500 worth of effort, right? On normal types of cases. So we kind of cover different things and I really like to spend time with people one-on-one so I can see look that maybe if we go with a little different technique, maybe borrow a technique from this other guy for you, that'll work better. Or mm. with your size of lab and your situation, hey, let's change things up. Maybe you ought to try it this way. So rather than just kind of teaching people, hey, Zercad Prime my way, it's completely different. It's just kind of like, look, let's dive into it. Let's have some fun and let's figure out how people can do Zercad Prime their way. And they go home rock and roll. So you cater it to the individual student. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, well, that's awesome. Luckily, having to be in the school and teach people, you learn to you learn to size people up fairly quick and see where they're going to fit and what they're good at and maybe where they're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Sure. You can kind of head that off before it's a problem. Right. Yeah. Cause there's, there's just That's a million, awesome. there's a million different techniques out there and everyone's borrowing ideas and information from everyone. There's very few original ideas anymore. True. So there's just, there's so many ways to do it. It's really fun to kind of explore that side of it. I bet you learn a lot while you're teaching. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. And I still, to this day, when I'm teaching people, I'll see them do something that'll be like, hey, did you see or hear this? I was taught this and it's something new for me. I learned something new Mm -hmm. every time, you know, and that's always a great humbler. You know, that keeps my head nice and small. (laughs) Elvis, we sat down in Europe with a group of, you know, Germans are pretty smart. Yeah. Swiss are pretty smart. The Austrians are smart. Just for example, Jed, we sat in a meeting with them. Jed came up with an entire new set of programs on how to process zirconia. He came up with the formula of firing to actually triple triple the number of shades that you can create in a shade guide with new programs and, and all shortening the programs there now. And this is to a group of, of Germans who kind of sat dumbfounded at, at his computer skills. So they are publishing an, an entire book of his programs to teach people how to process more efficiently, faster, and to increase the number of shades you can produce. You know, he's he has taken his whole education, his life education, and he's really applied it to what's going on in this digital world. He's a rare bird. So you showed 
a bunch of people that probably made the centering oven. They made it. How <laughs> yeah. to do it better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. And it, you shorten the firing time. Well. And you increase the number of shades. Well, yeah. So a lot of things that we know about zirconia, unfortunately, are false. And this is because it's really one of the only products that has come into our industry and been adopted by the production side before the high-end education side, right? Interesting. Yeah, but true. Yeah. It's been alive and thriving in large laboratories in production. I don't mean this in a negative way at all. No, yeah. But because it was kind of, it got its boots on the ground experience there, a lot of the fundamentals and things that we think are principles are actually wives' tales as far as comes mm. to centering and handling. And so I knew this from years and years ago, you know, all the testing and private testing we would do with three Y zirconia, four Y and five Y individually. And yeah. from those individual, you know, all that individual work and stuff, I mean, hours and hours of work, you know, I would sit there and dream about, man, if a company could combine all three of these one day, you know, and of course, when we first talked to Ivaclar about that years ago, you know, oh, no, 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 you can't. That's forbidden. You can't do that. You know, no, that's yeah. not appropriate. You know, but sooner or later, this they come around and <laughs> I didn't give them the idea, but they were able to figure it out. And so when they released Prime, I was like, holy cow, I think I can probably pull this off. And so the trick to a multi composition material like that because it's not multi-layer layers of color it's actually different layers of material mm -hmm. yeah. is each of those materials center differently and i had already done all the homework on what happens to these different materials and when they center and how they are affected negatively and how some just don't care at certain points and so I was able to identify kind of this key range, what I call the aesthetic zone in centering. It's just free on my webinar, by the way, where they can, <laughs> I know, shameful plugs, right? I know. I just can't believe you're giving this stuff away for free. This is amazing. So where they can actually, as long as you respect the aesthetic zone, we start to identify, okay, these temperatures and these range are because of your oven design. This range is because of your zirconia. We kind of identified some very specific true principles. And from that, we were able to take Ivaclar's program, which is about 11-hour centering program, and knock it down so even a full arch is just over six hours Wow! in their oven. Now, if you do that in a different oven, you're possibly going to have some dramatic negative results. But not only that, so you have their stock program where you get stock Zercad Prime aesthetics. But with a little bit of a change, while respecting that aesthetic zone, you can actually turn Zercad Prime into MT Zercad Prime and HT Zercad Prime. It's all the same material. It's though. same material, same nesting. You do everything the same. All you're changing is simply how you center it. And that's crazy. So you're faster, you have that versatility, you have all those options. So just like we love with Emacs Press having those options, you have that with mm -hmm. Zircad Prime. So they, we went through that and they looked at me kind of like I was crazy because here's this, you know, hairy country kid sitting there in Utah <laughs> and, you know, they have all these PhDs and stuff. And uh, they did a bunch of testing for quite a few years. 
And I mean, I was kind of surprised too, but even on the high translucency program, they were able to certify and verify and put the German stamp of approval that, you know what, this does not change any of the characteristics of prime to where it changes any indications. It's still the same strength material. It does change the strength of it a little bit, but we're talking like 50 MPA. Yeah. But mainly what they're worried about is does it change kind of the, the flexural strength and the, and the properties of it, right? Sure. To where they can't say this is no longer good for 14 plus units, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what they were really worried about. And to all of our surprise, it all fell within spec. And so, so yeah, they're going to do a, a book on it. And people can go crazy with Zercad Prime. But the important thing, I felt like this is information that needs to be given for free because we are identifying true principles, you know, rather than trying to close it off and hold it to ourselves. These are key principles that really help people with all brands of ovens, all brands of zirconia. You know, even though Ivoclar and I did a lot of the hard work, we're both very open and happy to just kind of share it like, look. You're going to get better results if you follow some of these things. Yeah. It's not like you're making a product to sell. It's just a new program with an existing product. Yeah. We were able to identify a couple key things to know about zirconia in general. And I applied it to the Ivaclar oven because, you know, we're good friends with Ivaclar and they treat us well. And yeah, so can it be applied to other ovens, other products? Yes. Am I going to do that? No, not publicly. (laughs) Yeah. But other companies will, I'm sure. Yeah. Other companies will. This is going to explode across every platform, I'm sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, I get people asking me all the time just on social media, hey, you know, I'm having trouble with this and that. And I'm really happy to help them if I have the time sure. because I've been there. I know what it's like to have that case and have that problem and not have anyone to turn to because that's what it feels like. Uh, you talk to people in every company and and you walk away sometimes feeling like, man, I I don't know what to do. This is like, I'm just hitting a brick wall. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I feel like it's important just to get the information out there. He's a rare bird, Elvis. That's what you keep saying. I'm beginning to believe you. He he really is. He He keeps saying, yeah, when we travel together, yeah, using that analogy, when we travel together, I I usually tell people, yes, the eagle has landed and the pigeon has landed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obviously the pigeon in that scenario. So the question is, is Ivaclar going to call this the Archibald program? Is, are they going to brand it to you? Are they going to name it after you? I mean, this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, they will put his yeah. name on it. He'll get to, he'll they get to have a big official signature yeah. and a photo. and Yeah, and that works out good for them. You know, that works out good for them because yeah. then 20 years down the road, if we find I was completely crazy, they can blame it on me. <laughs> someone to blame. Yeah, they got someone to blame. They're not tied to it, right? I want to call it the Archibald Maneuver. Yeah, the Archibald. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Get it in the oven. What do you want to do? Do the Archibald Maneuver. But yeah, those programs, all that information is out there for free for now. And it's interesting because a lot of the Ivaclar subsidiaries in the different countries outside of Austria, they still Mm -hmm. don't know about them. And... Uh, we're trying to get the word out to more and more like, look, yeah, you can use these programs. They're good to go. They're safe. They do work. They're not to replace any of the Ivor Clark programs because those are great programs too. It's just these are yeah. proved supplements. Well, Jed, we know what you've been working on. What do you do these days, John? <laughs> you know, I am still... Are you still on the bench? I'm still on the bench. 
Elvis, this it's just a nightmare. <laughs> That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> it, it is. It's just, I mean, holy cow, how long do I have to go? <laughs> Gordon Christensen's son, Will, took over the main practice, and so I am right in-house with him in the same building. Oh, and, geez. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I don't even know how much work we're doing lately. Uh, thank goodness I have Jed to help with all of this zirconia. I do uh, all of the personal consultations with every single patient and guide them through every, every single case, one, every single case. Wow. Luckily I have Jed helping me. I, you know, you get slower once you get past the age of about 90, you, you get slower. <laughs> so I'm not as fast as I used to be, but uh, <laughs> thank goodness for this wonderful material. It helps me keep up, but I'm trying to still provide custom work to every single patient that we treat, you know, and I really enjoy it. This is a fun challenge. We're at a point we're trying to make zirconia look as good as the very best multiple shaded Emacs that we could do. Hell of a challenge. It is a challenge, but you know, we're, yeah. we're really close. We're getting there. Some of these newest materials we're working with are, are just phenomenal. We've got new things coming that we can't even talk about that they are taking us to that point where we won't be able to tell the difference in the mouth between our very best. You know, we created our own system of Emacs, Elvis. We don't even have time to go into that, but we... we <laughs> we'll wait for part two. Yeah, yeah the multi-Emacs was a little bit too opaque. It wasn't quite aesthetic enough. We came up with a new way of building our own multi-Emacs pellets and created just insane aesthetics with it. You made your own Emacs like ingots? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Again, you can go to the website. It's on there for free, but you can actually, there's a video on it and everything. So you can take Ivacar's 50 plus shades, 50 plus values of Emacs, and you actually, you know, we have a holder and everything where you actually dissect and cut your ingots up and you would create your own multi-stack. So if you needed a C1 halo in the incised ledge, throw some C1 in there. If you needed more opal, throw opal. If you just need it to be more trans, you just boost it with some more trans. So you can really create just about anything you can think of that way. But we're getting to the point where zirconia is now nipping on the heels of that product. Yeah. And as you can tell from my father's schedule and my schedule, we don't have time to play with products that aren't fast or efficient. If there's the least amount of inefficiency in a process or product, we just can't use it we're out the door. So that's, we're really proud of it. I would hope so. You you guys are some of the biggest dental technology nerds <laughs> I think I've ever talked to. That's oh, yeah. amazing what you've come up with. I love it. Yeah, no, we've come up with a lot of things other <laughs> than how to make a lot of money. <laughs> that's something that we can't show you is how to make a lot of money. We've done everything else. We stay really busy, Elvis. I'm, I'm still working Sounds way like too much, but we enjoy it. We love it. And it's fun to have people come to us because they've heard that this is where they should come. That's really rewarding. Yeah. No money can buy that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you've we, had a whole career that's just word of mouth. Yeah. I mean, try explaining that to a millennial. Yeah. 
people, right? <laughs> well, what's your TikTok handle? <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's Archibald Maneuver. That's my TikTok handle. <laughs> Too funny. So is it only you two guys in the lab? Yes. 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 Wow. I have one more son who used to be here with us, but he's out in a big clinic near Chicago. My boy, Mike, and he's also really, really does beautiful work, really a good artist. So it used to be all three of us, but we've lost one. You know, yeah. you never know when he'll be back. But right now it's just, yeah, just Jed and I. That's a great way to, you know, it's been, Elvis, it's been the greatest joy of my life to get to work with my son this closely. I bet. Especially when he's such a rare bird yeah, and a genius. Yeah, a rare bird. Is, is, <laughs> he's great to have around, yeah. I always wanted to work with my father and never could. This is really a, it's a fun opportunity. We've had a great, great career. I mean, it's not that we are micromanaging idiots. You know, it's we do have a lot of fun and a lot of freedom that surprises us you know you may have the off slow day or a couple slow days that arise and you just take advantage of it and whoop it up so there's a lot of freedom that comes with being this size but i think more importantly if we were to grow to even just a five-man type operation we would lose a lot of that insight and control that we yeah. have now which which works out for education and R&D so much because we have our fingers in every little aspect of it it's just this perfect melting pot type environment where you know new ideas and testing is really good you know it yeah. we don't bring a product in and test it and be like, well, we had a negative result. Is it because Billy Bob over there did something wrong? Do we have to do that test mm -hmm. again, you know, just to make sure? Yeah. I get it. We can make sure all those little boxes are checked. Everything is calibrated. Everything is done. And so from an R&D perspective and education's perspective, it's the perfect environment, right? Yeah. It's kind of that double-edged sword where if we grow, yeah, we, we would make a little more money but we would lose that side of it, which we just love. You'd lose everything, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Unless you can find a couple more siblings, um, <laughs> it might be hard to do. Well, you can make some more. You got... Ooh, there you go. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you didn't have time now. <laughs> What about you, Jed? Do you have kids? Are you bringing I, I kids do. into the industry? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I do have kids, so I have a ten-year-old boy, a seven-year-old boy, and a four-year-old girl. So they're all about five years away from getting in the lab, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're living their best life now, but you wait. <laughs> Whatever's in store for them is in store. I'll help push them wherever they want to go. Which is the dental lab industry? Yeah. There's no pressure to come into the family business, so. I have one boy that's an artist, similar to me. He shows a lot of the similar traits. And one of the things I yeah. wish I would have done and pursued is I wanted to actually be a Disney Imagineer. Wow. There you go. Yeah. And I still think I might do that one day, you know, just as kind of oh, like yeah. a retirement fun. Just keep holding on to that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear they're real easy to get. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one son who shows a lot of those same traits, you know, and and maybe I'll steer him that way, get some free Disney passes. I don't know. There you go. Yeah, We'll see. I'll, you know, I'll just have to align his talents with my motivation and uh, see what we get. Well, he's got half of your inspiration. He's going to go far. <laughs> They'll go farther than us. I They're mean, good our, kids. Really our, good kids. Yeah, our kids are pretty special. It's just a matter of how little can you screw them up, right? That's our only job is, man, 
Just screw them up as little as I can. That's about the only thing we hope to do. My dogs have started to notice that we're coming up on an hour. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, they know. You got them trained well. Yeah. Wow, they're loud. Sorry about that. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. That's some really, really, really great stuff you did and you're still doing. I think it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't get rid of this guy. So... I don't think you should. A lot of, no. lot of enjoyment, Elvis. Really, really enjoy it. Yeah, no, we're we're all real lucky. All real lucky. Yeah. It's not luck. Just hearing your story, you can tell there's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of self-motivation. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, we're very fortunate. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you, well, Elvis. Thank you. Thanks for thank having you. us. Great talking with you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Tell Barb hi. We missed her. Yeah, absolutely. What was your website again, Jed? What was that website that people can check out? Yes. Well, a lot of videos and everything that I'm trying to let people have for free, they'll find on ArchibaldDigital.com. And yeah, I, I'm trying my best to kind of keep it updated and stuff. But between that and social media, they can kind of get an idea of what's going on. And if anyone has any specific questions or interests, they can always message us privately. And uh, I mean, we're happy to help. I mean, it's very few people have been exposed to our kind of environment. And I feel like there's, you know, a little bit of responsibility that goes with that. And, you know, we're happy to help where we can. Awesome. And we appreciate what you guys have done for the industry, helping the whole industry succeed and grow with just technique, product, and technology. We thank you. You too, man. Voices from the bench and pre. I mean, <laughs> what's next? That's a great company. What's That's next? Yeah. Really Hopefully nothing's next for a while. Okay. okay. Sounds <laughs> I'm good. enjoying both too much. Okay. Well, we appreciate it, guys, and uh, hopefully see you soon. Thank you, Elvis. All right, Elvis. See you. All right. Thank you. All right. Yep. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Whitmix offers you the ultimate in ease, material flexibility, and unattended production with the Roland DGA DWX 52 DCI milling machine. The popular mill's automatic disc changer expands your lab's production and profit. Using a 6-slot automatic disc changer, 15-station automatic tool changer, and several other automated features. The DWX52 DCI dental milling machine now comes with performance software and other intelligent updates. The 5-axis mill even knows which tool to automatically swap out when tools have reached their designated lifespan. Just power it on, let it go, and automatically and accurately mill numerous dental restoration jobs with complete unattended confidence. If you're interested in learning more about the Roland DGA DWX 52 DCI, visit Whitmix.com or call 1-800-626-5651. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix. So guys, have you seen the high prices of precious metal these days? They are close to record highs on gold and palladium. We know that you are using less precious metals in your lab these days. But if you send in half of what you sent in five years ago, your scrap return will be higher than it was five years ago. Because of the high PM prices, you owe it to yourself to find a trusted, reputable refining company. Look no further. 
Colzer Refining has been tested, trusted, and reputable for over 100 years. They burn, melt, and assay all under one roof at their state-of-the-art refining facility in Wardburg, Tennessee. They have doubled their production capacity to ensure your scrap return within two weeks. They use an ICP for their essay technique with the fire essay method if needed as well. With all the non-precious material that has become present in today's restorations, it is important that we ensure the assay sample is homogenous. At Colzer, they take the extra step to x-ray the top and the bottom after they melt the bar to make sure the precious metal percentages are the same. If not, copper is added until they are positive and the bar is homogenous. They know that this step is very important to get a precise essay result. Their reimbursement to the customer is after their 10% refining fee. They have zero additional fees. If you need any free shipping containers, which contain a UPS prepaid, fully insured label, please visit mydental360.com forward slash refining or call the director of precious metal refining, our friend Tony Cercelli, directly at 914-906-1843. So collect those vacuum bags, floor sweeps, miscast and spills, and get the best scrap return in the industry with Colzar Refining. Tested, trusted, and honest. And we appreciate your support of the podcast, Colzar. Oh, a huge thanks to John and Jed for coming on the podcast. I really am sorry I missed that. Elvis threw that at me when I was, I believe, in uh, Panama City with my girlfriends. But uh, I am truly sorry I missed that conversation. I had no idea all that was happening in Utah. Really looking forward to seeing what Jed is doing with the new programs for Zirconia Firing. And everybody better call it the Archibald Maneuver. Seriously, though, thank you for all that you two have done for the industry and continue to do for our industry. Hopefully, we'll see you guys lecturing soon. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. See ya. While the dogs are quiet. <laughs>